Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord, church. What a beautiful spirit of the Lord we have here this evening. Hallelujah. I want to give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ for all that he does for each and every one of us. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on uh, just talking about things. I got something I feel like the Lord has given me this today. and uh, But I do want to say thank you for the friendships that we have here. God means so much to us, supplies so much to us, He's everything we need. But he also gives us friends. And I don't know what I'd do without friends. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They are some of the necessities of life. Hallelujah. Uh, before I get going here tonight, I want to uh, say also, I'm glad that Jesus didn't come yet. I'm glad he didn't come before the year of 1972. Well, that was the year I got the Holy Ghost. And if he'd have come before then, I wouldn't have never got the Holy Ghost. I'd have never got what I needed. But I am looking forward to him coming. But he knows the time, he knows the day, and he knows the hour. Hallelujah. I, I don't know how he figures those things out, but he does. Hallelujah. Because he said time and chance will come to every man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to... Uh, my text tonight, I'll just go ahead and get on into my text tonight because Brother Boyd had asked me to do some teaching this evening. And so that's what I, my heart... I've been trying, I've been putting something together for a while here now. I haven't gotten it all together. So here's what I've done. I want to talk to you tonight about the necessity of the Holy Ghost. The necessity of the Holy Ghost. And I put down here part one. Because <laughs> there's a lot of parts of this thing. There's no way that you can even start covering the necessity of the Holy Ghost in one night. But uh, the part one, I titled it The Newness of Life. Hallelujah. So if you will, let's just pray and we'll be seated. God, we love you. We appreciate your kindness. You're so good to us, Lord, and tonight, God, we just ask for your anointing upon your people, along upon this church, upon your word, Lord Jesus, that we can comprehend and learn of you and learn about the necessity of the Holy Ghost, Lord, and the Spirit of the Lord. Almighty oh, God, its importance and how valuable it is to us, Lord. Oh, God, you're such a glorious one, and I praise you, and I honor your great name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. 
You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My scripture I will be taking from Romans the 6th chapter and uh, verses 1 through 5. I will just go ahead and, and just read them so you can get an idea of where we're going, what we're going to be doing tonight. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many as us as were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the fathers, even so shall we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Wow, what a what a tremendous thought. What a thought tonight that we had the opportunity to have the Spirit of Christ dwell inside of us. Hallelujah. Probably the most valuable asset that I can that I can know in my life is to know that my sins are forgiven. I've been buried in his name, baptized in his name. Amen. But I have had the opportunity and the necessity of being filled with his spirit. Hallelujah. So in any kind of Bible study, we need to kind to we need to set some uh, set some statements. We need to identify that where we're going at. Uh, I, I was uh, thinking about um, brother and sister uh, Newburn. Uh, somebody uh, texted my wife yesterday and said that it was their 70th wedding anniversary. And boy, just like when she turned around and told me like to knock me off my feet, I said, well, I'm almost 67. They've been married longer than I have. <laughs> so, uh, so I thought about, the, you know, that longevity seems to be an important thing to, to each and every one of us. Hallelujah. I remember when I was young in the Lord, when I heard somebody say something to the fact that, well, I've had the Holy Ghost. I've been living for the Lord for 50 years. And I'd go, whoa. I don't even. I can't even believe anybody can live for God that long. Yeah. And that was when I was about before I even knew anything about that you can live for God. Hallelujah. So, so I thought about them, and then a thought came to my mind because I'd already uh, kind of got a, in my thought what I would be preaching or teaching about tonight. And I remembered a story. There was an elderly couple that had. Um, had been married for 65 years. And there was a journalist that come around and wanted to know from them, uh, what do you attribute to being married for 65 years? Well, the woman, she spoke up pretty quickly, and she said, Sir, we came from a generation of people that when things were broken... We didn't throw it away. We fixed it. So I thought about that. That woman and that man had a lot of fixing to do through that time. 
And when I thought about brother and sister Newbern yesterday being married for 70 years, the first thing that went through my mind was that also. I wonder how much fixing had to be done through those years. Hallelujah. A whole lot of fixing and getting things straightened up to, so that we can live in harmony with God. Hallelujah. Because what I'm saying here tonight is that God is always in the fixing up business. Hallelujah. Amen. And he starts a thing, he finishes a thing. Hallelujah. I want to take you uh, just for a moment to Genesis 1-1. We, know, we want to establish just two things here. That there's two things that have always been around. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, and it says, pretty familiar words of scriptures. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But look what he says right on here. It says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now here's the first thing that has always been and shall always be. He said, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah. So we've established one thing, that the Spirit has always been. And then there's something that connects to that. Amen. In uh, verse 3 it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. In other words, the Word. The Word and the Spirit are synonymous with one another. And so, uh, and he said, when the, and when he let there be light, and they saw that light, and then we know the rest of the history there. For the next six days, God was creating the heavens and the earth on a place that was void and for without form. An earth that needed, uh, amen, uh, it needed fixing up. It needed a place for man to dwell in. A place for man to abide in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And the two things that was synonymous that had to be established for God to heal and to make up anything is the Spirit and the Word. We must abide in the Spirit and we must abide in the Word. So we've established that point. So in in Romans chapter 1 it says what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound so now we've come to another place that we need to understand about grace that grace may abound so can we continue in sin that grace has abounded. Now, what does it say about I want to understand this one thing about grace. Grace seeks holiness. It always seeks holiness. So we must understand that grace that does not seek holiness is a grace that is not a true grace. It is a false grace. It is of deception. Because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Hallelujah. So we have to understand in our mind and our thinking, I can't go back to sin. I can't live any longer in the thing that I have crucified, that I hung upon the cross.
cross that is dead now dead to me amen and then and then this spirit amen, that that of grace won't allow it to happen because God is holy and if I'm going to find God and I'm going to stay in his grace I'm going to have to stay amen in the grace that is going to lead me in the path of holiness I can't go back to sin. I cannot uh, stay in the line and cheating and stealing. I can't go back to those things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God, so he says, so with that we shall grace may abound. He says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Why would I want to bring back up the old life again? Why would I want to live in the old path again? Notice here again about grace. God will not violate His holiness, not even to save your soul. Hallelujah. You've got to get this in your mind. You got to understand that God's not going to lower His things, uh, uh, His uh, His principles about grace. Uh, amen. To come down to save you, uh, you're going to have to go to Him uh, through grace. You can't get to God through sin, uh, but you must abound in the Spirit of the Lord. Right. Right. Hallelujah. So we we've got this so far. Hallelujah. So God's not going to what? We know that grace. Is a holy thing. Hallelujah. So there, we, we have no more in our thinking that there's a misconception that says I can go out and sin because grace abounds. We can't do that. And then number two, we must understand the vitality of the fact that, uh, that God will not violate his holiness. He's just not going to do it. Moses came to God. God didn't come to Moses. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, so we we do have a people, though. There is a teaching that goes throughout the land that says that we can do these things. There's a people that believe that that, that we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, but they don't believe in the Holy Ghost. That's strange, isn't it? But it's a fact. Hallelujah. They are them. So here's the thing I wanted to say, that if we don't believe in the Holy Ghost, if a person doesn't believe in the Holy Ghost, then he opens himself up to every kind of spirit every kind of thing in the world to deceive them to, to, because they need the Spirit of God to be led in the right direction. Thank God for the church tonight. Thank God for the preachers that we have. Thank the Lord for the ministry that we have. Thank the Lord for the gifts of the Spirit that we got. Thank God for every little avenue and every uh, uh, administration and every leading of the Spirit of God that knows how to govern the church and keep us in the right path. Even in the day that we're living in, uh, amen, the last days, uh, amen, when so much deception and so much is going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
We talked about a minute ago about fixing things. We're living in a generation that when husbands and wives decide to, that things just ain't working out, they just throw it away. I go find another one. Because grace abounds. That's not so. Hallelujah. We're living in a generation that people just throw their children away. Abuse of children. It's a generation that has learned. It's the generation we have today has so much that when anything tears up, we just throw it away. We go buy another. And if we ain't got money, we put it on credit. We'll pray for it sometime. Maybe. If we feel like it, we might buy two or three more before that maybe comes around. But I think you're getting the idea of what I'm talking about here tonight, that, that there is a need to continue in grace. Don't get me wrong. We must continue in grace but we cannot continue in sin. Hallelujah. If we're dead to sin through repentance, it stands the reason that we should not want to live any longer in it. Just think about that for a while. I don't want to live in sin. That's why I went to the altar the first time. I was scared to death the first time I went to the altar. I still get scared when I go to the altar. Because every time I go to the altar, I realize there's a reason that I'm going to the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. I want to keep up one more time. Baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. So we understand that there's no there's no battle really about about understanding baptism. I know Brother Lady was talking to us and made a wonderful message. I believe it was last week uh, about and he said something about this preacher said that baptism had nothing to do with salvation. Well, we won't get into that discussion tonight, but but we see here by the word of the God that that there, it has everything to do with salvation. That if I'm going to be dead, if I'm going to go to the cross and crucify this old flesh and die out the sin, something's got to be done with that old nasty stinking body. Amen. It's got to go somewhere. And so we're baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Under dead to his death. Amen. That, that, that we can bury those old sins that they can never ever seen, be seen again. Sin is a stinking thing. Hallelujah. It stinks in the nostrils of God and it stinks in the, in, the, in the hearts and the minds of men that know that sin is, a, is not right. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're buried with him in baptism that as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so shall we should walk in the newness of life. Hallelujah. So there is a death, burial, and resurrection. 
of Jesus Christ and there should be a death, burial, and resurrection of you and I. Now it's a shame that people that get to the repentance and then get to the baptism part but then doesn't, doesn't go on and be baptized in the name of the Lord because they don't feel like being baptized in the, in the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is the newness of life. It is the very thing that Jesus was trying to express Unto Nicodemus, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Because, let me just go on and, and I want to stay with my notes here tonight. Get ahead of myself, I'm bad about that. So then if we die to God in the repentance, I don't, don't belay the subject here, and then we're buried with Him, so to complete we got to go to the third step. We have got to be filled with the Holy Ghost because it is going to be the key ingredient, amen, for the rest of your life. It's the thing that's going to sustain you. It's going to mark the way for you. It's going to be the understanding of you, amen, between your relationship and you and God. Is this, this all right? Are we understanding this tonight? So we got to be in the likeness of his resurrection so we get this by the newness of life. By how? By receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How? By speaking in other tongues that the Spirit of God gives us. Uh, hallelujah. So this is not just something. Receiving the Holy Ghost is not just something that... Uh, that seems to just makes another step of life. It's going to be, it, like I said, it's going to be the most important thing that we ever do. Hallelujah. I, re, I remember, and I, I don't like to say a whole lot about my testimony in Christ, uh, but I want to say this because I think it makes, makes a point here. Uh, when I, when I, 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 I was a person fast going in the wrong direction in my life I went into the service I spent three tours in Vietnam I came back but the thing what I wanted to get to you after this is that I never knew my dad my mom and dad were separated a long time ago is this alright if it's not right I'll, I'll, I'll change the subject but, I, but uh, after coming out of the service I decided one day I'm going to go find my dad I've never seen my dad not realizing that this was the plan of God. Because I left and went down, me and a couple of my cousins were right here, and we took off and went down to Bradenton. I looked up in the phone book until I found out who my dad was. I went and found and went up to his house. Of course, everything went well. I knew my dad for about two years. And then he fell off of a building. Crushed every bone in his body. He lived about 12 days. I'm leading to a point here. He lived about 12 days. So I got the whole, the sum total of know my dad for about two years. Become my buddy, my friend. And I come home one afternoon and found out this tragedy had happened and that it wasn't looking good. It really, literally every bone in his body was broke. 
He had fell about 40 feet from a, off a scaffolding on down to a concrete floor and hit his head right here. They had crushed it in. He was a welder. But after this, after about 12 days, he got gangrene inside of his intestines and in his body, and he died. And uh, the point I'm, I'm getting ready to make here is that God had to change my life to see everything that, that I needed to do. So that my cousin Betty, y'all know Betty Dyer back here? She, she's the one that got me in the church. So uh, she literally used to come to my house for a boy and beg me. You know, her hands and knees and beg me to go to church. I made the mistake of one day and saying, yeah, I will if my dad goes. You know what he did? He went. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> but anyway, we we made that in short time after this is when he died. So when he died, then she went and got some of these apostolic folks, some of these tongue-talking people, and brought them to my house, yeah. to my dad's house, really. So the day of the funeral, there was about four families around, Brother Sister Dyer, they were there, you know, the pastor that I didn't know was going to become a pastor. He was there, his wife, a couple more couples there. And then after the funeral was all there, you know how people gather around and eat and all that after church, you know, after uh, the funeral. And we was all sitting around there and this little apostolic group was just, Pentecostal group, just sitting there by the dinner tables. And all of a sudden my grandmother hit my dad's mother started having a heart attack. So while everybody else didn't know what to do, these Pentecostal people, they knew exactly what to do. They got up, walked over there, laid hands on began to pray for her. She got better. I mean, just almost immediately. Got better. Brother Boyd, I looked over at myself and to the people around me. And I said, this is what I've been looking for. Right, 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 right. I needed something that the Spirit worked in. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't realize how valuable to me at that moment that the Spirit was going to become yes. 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 Hallelujah. So I started the church. I did. I started going to church. And I know I'm just telling the tale here tonight. But I started going to church. And it wasn't very long. I decided I wanted to be baptized. I went to the altar and I repented of my sins. And, and they said, well, you've got to be baptized. So I said, okay, I'll be baptized. And so we jumped up. you know, And they took me down to Sarasota Bay betwixt all the fishing houses. <laughs> and I went out in that water on my back my pastor, Brother Paul Garner, he baptized me in Jesus' name. Yeah. I told you that to get you to this point. It's not by works. I'm going to tell you some more in just a minute here. In Titus 3 and 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, we, he saved us by the washing of generation and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now listen to this. Not by the works of righteousness. In other words, what the Apostle Paul was at Titus here is saying is that the, uh, all the repentance in the world is not enough. See, we can learn 
how not to, to break the law, I can, I can say. We can learn how to not cheat. We can learn how to not steal. We can learn how to not lie. We can learn how to overcome what seems to be sinful things. Amen. But we cannot, amen, be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. Just because we think we can. It's not by the works of righteousness. Least any man should boast. No man can boast of, 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 of his cleanliness towards God. I cleaned up my act. I cleaned up my way. Amen. But it's an important thing to realize that you're going to need the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to explain that to you in just a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then, after I was baptized in Jesus' name out there in the the channels of of Sarasota there, I walked out of that at that watery grave that day and I said, man, I have never felt like anything like that in my life. I, Brother Ray, I felt the weight of sin just come up off of me and it felt so good to feel that good. And I said, man, I've never felt anything like that. That should have been enough. But some guy had to break my bubble and tell me you ain't felt nothing yet. I said, what are you talking about? You ain't felt nothing yet. That was the best thing I ever felt in my life. He says, wait till you get the Holy Ghost. I said, well, how do I get that? That wasn't easy to explain to an old boy like me. Hallelujah. I mean, I done give up everything I can give up. (laughs) I've done done everything I know how to do. And you tell me I ain't done enough. Who is this God I'm serving? Or think I'm serving? Eventually... They tell me, i got to get the Holy Ghost. And they explained that to me. But I wanted the Holy Ghost so bad. I was willing to do it. I mean, you know, John's was over here in Paris. Brother Johnny John's, his dad, Brother Jimmy John's, used to be one of my best friends. We all come out of the same church. He said, Brother Gibson, what we need to do is fast and pray. Well, that was a new one on me too there. What's fasting all about? They said, well, you figure out it ain't going to be no picnic for you anyway. So I said, well, maybe I can make it for a while here. So for three days, I'm not saying this boastfully. I'm trying to make a point here tonight. So for three days, not three nights, I couldn't make it that night. No. I done done all this body could handle. I mean, sea rashes was better than nothing. So, time's passing fast. <laughs> so, so I did. I, I, and so, 
I, I told I pro, Brother John's come over. I said, man, I've dated for three days. Ain't no way I'm going. I'm, I'm quitting. This is it. He says, so we did. We went and got something to eat. I said, whoa, man. But I still ain't got the Holy Ghost. So we decided to go over to the Dyer's house. And we, we went over there. You know, they're musicians. And they all made music together. And I'm just telling you. Uh, uh, so we went inside the house there that night. And they started getting the guitars out and started making music. They were excellent at it. They were good. They, they were the church musicians, you know. And, uh, and so they started singing, and it just wasn't right. It was like a calamity going on. So somebody said, well, maybe we need to pray. So they all got down. We decided, okay, we'll pray. We get down there and pray. Somebody said, well, well maybe we don't need to read about it. That wasn't going no good. So we, they decided, well, let's try to make music again. So they jumped up and tried to make music again. That wasn't going any good. And then somebody says, we really, I think it's Sister Dyer says, we really need to pray. And we got down and really got serious about praying because something wasn't right. Within just a few minutes, old Bob Gibson started speaking in other tongues that the Spirit of God wow. gave utterance. I spoke in tongues for, I don't know, hours, I guess. They taped it. They'd done everything else. Tried to translate it, you know, tried to do all those things. Hours later when I was trying to talk to somebody, I was still talking in tongues. What I'm saying is that has sufficed me to this day. It has taken me through every battle. It has taken me through every it has given me things I could have never possibly had it without a relation with a relationship with God. Amen. Without the Holy Ghost. It has revealed things to me. It has given mysteries to me. I've shouted. I've run. I've leaped for joy. I've understood the scriptures because of the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. I understand we, the day, the church, we, we understand things today that the world can't even comprehend. We see things in the Holy Ghost. So, we, so it's important for us to realize for our own good, it's not by our works. Shame on us for trying to influence our minds by thinking that we can do it by our works. We need the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So then we are saved by grace through faith. And that not of ourselves, yourselves. It is the gift of God and the work of works least any man should boast. So see, we, we, that's not written down there for cruelty. God knew that we were going to need the Spirit. Hallelujah. We, if we want to walk in the newness of life, if we want to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, if we want to change our lives for real, if we want to be something different than we've ever been in our life, we have got to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad that we have the Holy Ghost because it's the new covenant. The old covenant was just just passed away. 
If we could just live by the Ten Commandments, then there wouldn't have been a need for a new covenant. There wouldn't have been a need for Christ to even come. You know, I want to say something here. I didn't have any problem understanding the oneness of God. When that began to be explained to me, I guess the Lord just opened that up to me real good. But the thing I had the problem with was understanding the Holy Ghost. The necessity of it. And that's why I guess I'm speaking here tonight. I'm not even getting close to the end of what I've got here. But the necessity of the Holy Ghost. Hebrews 8 and 3 says, A new covenant he hath made the first old. See, a lot of the people that are in the world today can't comprehend that the commandments of, was of the old. Not that it was bad. It was a teacher to us, a school teacher to us. It taught us what we need to know. But it did not cut away at the old fleshly heart. Hallelujah. So it goes on to say there that now that that which decayeth and waxeth is ready to vanish away. So then we have the new covenant and the new... Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. It says, For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistles of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, listen, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stones, but in the tables of the heart. In other words, God can quicken our spirit. He can quicken our minds. And He can write the laws of God, the tables upon our, our old fleshly hearts. It can't be read in stones. Could you imagine if He was in the old covenant walking around with this with these books written by in ink that you know they had the Ten Commandments and six hundred and some different ordinances and statues. Wondering every day which one you were going to break, what covenant you was going to break. Hallelujah. But God writes them in our heart. Hallelujah. I'm just going to go a few more minutes and I'll quit here. So getting through to God. I want to say something real. Uh, this is very important that we understand. That the Holy Ghost is not just something that we can get if we want it. It's something we got to have. Looking back, when the law required circumcision. Now, I'm not going to get it elaborate into that. But when the law required circumcision of the flesh, you know, God had met up with Moses. And they had, had that introduction with the rod, you know, and with the hand inside of the breast there. And, you know, and, and God showed him what he could do and what he needed to go do to, to go for find Pharaoh. And then he takes and he's getting... A, 
of Moses ready to go over. I think it's about the fourth chapter of Acts. You'll find that Moses is going and he went to an inn. And God met him there. And the Bible says that they, he sought to kill Moses. I remember the first time I ever read that, I thought, well, he's a friend of God. Why would God want to kill Moses? I think what happens is they made him so deathly sick he nearly died. But his wife got the idea. I don't know if it's in the conversations or what. But the wife got the idea. She understood that Moses had not circumcised his sons. But the law of God required, if you're going to come to God, you're going to have to be circumcised. And so what did his mother do? The chip boy slept. She jumped up. She went and found a sharp stone. She went out and done the duties that Moses should have done. And God brought back nothing that he lived. She said this to Moses. Moses, thou art a bloody husband to me. And a little bit later she says, thou art a bloody husband husband because of the circumcision. What I'm saying here, our husband, Jesus Christ, is a bloody husband. He came by blood. He shed. Without the shedding of blood, there is what? No remissions of sin. In other words, the circumcision now that cuts away at our heart is the circumcision of Amen. That was this as important as it was for Moses and the children of Israel as it is for you and I today. We must have the Holy Ghost. We must. Uh, the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for our, our sins. Uh, amen. And so it has to cut away at our hearts. All right. A few more minutes here. So did that help you understand the importance I know it's a, a real touchy subject there, and I don't mean it for it to be that way at all, but it's essential to understand the importance of having the Spirit. So to know the mind of the Lord, we're going, we, if we don't, if we, we'll never know the mind of God if we don't have the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 2 and 16 says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Paul reminds us there that we cannot understand godly wisdom by human wisdom. I'm going to try to get through this and then I'll, I'll finish up for what I have. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4 says this. In my speech, Paul's writing here, he says, In my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. See, that's what convinced me that time when my mother was, my grandmother was having that heart attack, the Spirit and the power of God. And it 
anything, but I seen the healing of my grandmother. And I knew right then, that's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. That's why when we have our church services around here and the Spirit of the Lord is moving and people began to move to the front of the church because they're wanting to get more of God. They're wanting to get closer to God. The next thing you know, we see the sinner, amen, wanting to come closer to God. They want to get up there where we're going at. So they begin to come to the altars. They begin to reach out and touch. Uh, they, and they look over the side. They see a, a saint of God over there lifting their hands up, worshiping the Lord. Amen. Glorifying God. Tears coming down their eyes. Uh, cries of repentance. Cries of joy. Cries of whatever the need is of that person. Next thing you know, you see that person down on their knees. They're beginning to seek God begin to call upon the name of the Lord because it wasn't with the enticing words of man's wisdom but with the demonstration of the pure power in the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Verse 4 says in my, oh yeah. Verse 5 says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. Let me just kind of explain that. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Now I like that. In Hebrews it talks about the church. And I'm not going to say all of this, but it said it talked about the, the spirit of just men made perfect. So what he's saying here is that he could speak to them that are perfect, the church. Hallelujah. Each and every one of us. He can speak to us. Not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power. Howbeit we speak the wisdom of them that are not that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of the world, nor of the princes of this world that came to naught. Alright. The world cannot see. I wrote a little footnote down here. The world not see the mystery of God it just doesn't understand hallelujah that's why the church world stays so the church world as we see outside these walls stay so confused that's why there's thousands of different kinds of religions today that make principles and doctrines off of things that you and I find nonsense because we do see the wisdom and the glory of God. Because of what? Because that they have a form of religion, but they deny the power of God. It looks religious. It looks godly. Even baptisms out there look religious but without the name there is no power we need the blood we need the spirit of God in our lives hallelujah I'm going to have to go ahead and close this out because it's getting close to 9 o'clock and I know you folks have got to work tomorrow alright let me just say this here verse 7 says but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world to our glory. Verse 8 says, which none of the princes of this world knew 
For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they'd have known who Jesus really was, they wouldn't have crucified him. But here's the point. If they wouldn't have crucified him, we'd have never seen power over death, hell, and the grave. We'd have no satisfaction of a resurrection. We'd have no satisfaction of the newness of life. I thank God in my church that we have the newness of life. I thank God that though their eyes were blinded, they did not see or understand and let him live. I know that's sad because when you hear about the, the, the death of Christ, it'll bring to every time I remember the first time I ever heard it, I just cry. I just weep my still today when I think about the terror of the death that Christ went through so that I could have life. What a terrible death. What so much to give up. But the important thing is, is that he did after three days rise up so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. Now, I'm going to go ahead and close for this evening. And there's a whole lot more to this. We've probably not even hit the high spots. We just kind of hit the high notes there for for tonight and I hope this was alright but we enjoy all that we have because of the spirit of the Lord hallelujah and I thank God tonight that we have the Holy Ghost it is necessary that we have the Holy Ghost God bless you This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.